from Yoa. This is Two Takes on the Pod. Hello and welcome to Two Takes on the Pod. My name is Osai. My co-host is Falarin, and this is our podcast where we give you two takes on our theme of the moment. On this episode, we talk about the Antares protest. At the time of this recording, it's been just over a week since the Lekki Tollgate massacre on October 20th, where the Nigerian army opened fire on peaceful protesters, and we don't know the death count at this point in time, because they took the bodies right after. There has also been no accountability from the governor or the president himself. This led to more chaos and Nigerians home and abroad are taking time to heal and recover from this shock, essentially figure out the next steps. With that in mind, we invite Toby, the co-founder of the Not So Lazy Youth, a social enterprise dedicated to supporting the families of victims of SARS. He started it here in Canada and he joins us as we attempt to break down the stakes for each of the demographic of Nigerians um, that essentially care and were affected by this experience. Well, that whole analysis fails, as you will see, but it leads to a really, really great conversation. You can check it out now. Uh, so I think, so right now, I want to get into uh, essentially what we're calling the SWAT analysis. And, um, you know, as mentioned before, the whole point here is to kind of figure out what stake each um, of the groups that I've essentially described um in this piece here, stands again from what's going on in Nigeria. So, what what do you stand again from really pushing for the NSARS movement, right? Um, what are the strengths? What are the things that you can apply or bring to the movement that just by nature of your position, your demographic, whatever the case may be, puts you in a position to maybe help or at least influence what's going on? What are the weaknesses? So, where are your limitations? Um, what are the advantages that you know you can essentially create as a result of those strengths? And what are some of the threats that you tend to, um, you know, might experience from the government that might deter you from doing what you're doing. Now, I personally don't really want to focus on threats because that's okay, not as so, important. So, are we, so let me let me get see. So, get your mm-hmm. So, so are we are we analyzing what we can do or the move? Like, are we analyzing the past events? Like, what are the strengths of the movement of the whole protest and right? So, like, I, what we, what I we personally, are, I personally don't want to question the strength of the movement or not because I'm not even evol- involved in enough. It's like me tell- trying to figure out the strength of what you're doing. Like you see what you're doing. You're actively experiencing it every day. I can't just speak to that. You know what I mean? But yeah. what, 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 I mean, I could try and speak to that, but you know, and maybe I'll be correct or not. But again, I'm not there doing the work. So that's why I wouldn't really want to question any of the people doing the work. We can talk about the people that have done good work and essentially talk about that as a strength and some of the things that they've been able to do to be effective, right? But the idea, right, and, and, and this is really just supposed to be more of a casual kind of a conversation exploring essentially what's going on. It's okay. for different groups, where are where are those strengths, perceived strengths that we've seen? And where are some of the opportunities that they have to essentially help and contribute to making some sort of effective change, even if it's not necessarily, quote unquote, a revolution? Does that make sense? So maybe you just start off with, Kick with off. how you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I'll start it off, right? So um, one of the things that, like, so the way I've broken down the groups, 
right? It's essentially the poor and essentially middle class, lower middle class, right? Um, millennials, right? So that's Gen Z millennials, anywhere from 15 to essentially 40, 45. Um, the middle and upper class Gen Z and millennials. So these are people with a little bit more money, more resources, maybe more connections um, to do it, but they again are still within that age group. And the next group is really the older generation. So roughly 45, 50 and up. Um, whether they are poor or in middle class, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bunch them in the same group. And, and, and you know, again, as we're going through it, I'll explain why. But if you guys have different views on why that shouldn't be the case, obviously we explore. The idea is what is their stake in this? Next point is the diasporic citizen. So that means you're a citizen of Nigeria, but you're not based at home. Right. And um, the last one is the political class, the governments, um, people basically who stand to benefit from the existing structure as it is. Right. Like those those are kind of like how I would describe each person in terms of what their stake in it um, stake might be in this moment. So if I start with like um, the poor and middle class, for example. Right. Um, some of the threats they have, right? Like right now, or that, that like, um, in terms of what's going on in Nigeria is that they have no expectation of a viable future, right? Currently, they're easily exploited by the police and the government, whether they're doing work, whether they're not doing work, whatever the case may be, or whether it's at their job, the government and the police can essentially take advantage of them and they have no one to protect them, right? That's the threat that they are dealing with on a daily basis, right? Um, let's go just up to the weaknesses. So they have less education. So even if they went to start a movement, they could start it, but it would have to be much more natural. There isn't a, a, a foundation of education to support what they're doing. Less resources. They don't have the level of connections maybe that a middle class would have because, again, poor. And, you know, basically maybe a history of poverty, so you, no one in your family can get there. And if you're doing it, you are the, you know, you're the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Right. Um, and then little to no political influence or connection, which ties into the whole resources thing as well. Right. So you're not really in any position, I would say, you know, really to kind of actively dedicate your time to do anything more than feeding yourself on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Now, some of the opportunities they have is um, they are well positioned to lead the masses, masses to relatability. Like if you are one of them and they understand it to be one of them and they understand it to be somebody who's speaking to the issues that they're going through, they understand what it takes for you to go out and do that. Uh, yeah. And they're going to appreciate and respect you. It's yep. just the human nature, yep. right? It doesn't really matter how, what scale you are. Um, and then um, leverage. So due to the, the reason I say leverage, due to their population, due to the fact that that's probably one of the largest numbers um, in terms of groups of Nigerians so far, because we are a young nation, mm -hmm. right? Is that because of the sheer numbers alone and the representation alone, that they decide to be active, it's really hard, like, it's really too hard to say why they won't, you know, they, they're not going to be a voice that you can ignore, right? Just yeah. Let's just say, you know, yeah. some other classicism thing comes into play, they're, they're not a voice you're just going to be able to ignore. And their strength, because they're the largest population and they, they have the most boots on the ground, right? The, and the fact that we are, they're young, so it's active and energetic and willing and ready to do something, that puts them in a position to, like, actually do some real work. I mean, one of the biggest strengths I'll say with that group is what do you have to lose? Yeah. You you can't... You, a man that doesn't have anything to lose anymore is the, mo is the most dangerous... Bruv. Is the most dangerous kind of guy, right? No, like, can't control Yeah, him. so like, at this point is, there's no work, there's no food, there's... You're, you're down to ground zero, so mm. the only place is up. 
Right. You so, said you've been shown that like yeah. if you get killed, nothing will happen. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's the group. I don't know that they can do it. I mean, based on the weaknesses and everything, mm-hmm. but that is the group we need to to tap into. I right. don't know if you guys saw the analogy of the um, two types of youth in Nigeria. This guy tried to do an analysis on, on that. The bougie youth, which is us. Okay. Right. And then the other side, which is, which is like... The yeah, which is what we're describing. And it's like, the peaceful protest was the bougie kids. Right. right? We organized that. We did the whole thing. And politicians have always used this group as they are mm-hmm. give them founder and error. They take care of it. Yeah. They were the people who were doing the looting, the, the, dirty the violence, and all the dirty work. I'm not gonna lie. I think I personally disagree with that. The reason why, right, is that like I think for a large period initially in the movement was, I think yes, I think it was the more middle and upper class, you know, youth, for you know, for, for lack of a better word yeah, at yeah. this point, like that essentially led the movement. But that was powered on ground by this. The, yeah, like the people who were not as part, you know, maybe not as successful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? It was powered on ground. Now, I'm not saying that all of them are completely innocent. And obviously, I agree to the point that there is a subset of this group, right, that can basically be militarized by the government using money and all that kind of yep. stuff. But I don't want to take away from the fact that there's enough of these people here that yep. understand. And if I look at the picture from that they're, day they're the bulk. Like, they were the bulk they're the bulk you understand what i'm saying they're, they're so the bulk. so so to me it's just like you know even though even though that like and honestly it's sad and it's a really, really it's really one of my big pain points because as long as they can get a handful that's always all they're gonna need mm-hmm. you understand and, that, and that's honestly the truth and i just the reason why i push back so hard against that right is because i don't want the idea that like the poor and maybe lower class middle class um youth are essentially just easily, you know, obviously that happens to some extent, right? But I I truly believe that a larger group of that, a larger part of that group was ready to do a peaceful protest, you know, until some other incentive came up. And because you're poor, we understand, we we can see why you switch over. The whole system hinges on this group. Agreed. The whole system, the success or failure of what we're trying to achieve hinges on these people buying into the vision and Uh, following through to the T. On what we're trying to execute, they need to buy into it. They need to, see. and I think a bulk of them bought into it. I mean, the people they are killing are in this bracket. Group. Yeah. Right. yeah, so it's 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 them they're killing, it's them they're harassing. So it's like once they buy into it, that is the key to the future of Nigeria. Really do, you, do you think that the whole group has to completely buy into it? Does it have to be like a ninety nine point nine percent commitment, or can we do enough with eight? Um, and these are just arbitrary. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'll say we need a solid 95 because the 5% or that little group that would do damage can destroy the credibility of the bulk, which is what we saw. Which is, which, is what, which is what we saw, right? After the whole protest that ended and everything had calmed down, the bulk of the people who were looting and burning and doing all of that was a minor percentage. The ones that the government was dropping off to go and chase people with machetes, they're a small division in the whole in the grand scheme of things but they're enough to pour sand in the gallery of the movement right if we're lack of a better way to put it Attract so, enough attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we need you need you need a you need quite a bit of buying from that community in some sort of way mm. to get I together mean, it, it comes down to a, a a real problem or question of political education 
grad, um, I don't mean political. When I say political, I don't mean formal political. I mean just understanding truly that like the five hundred naira you are getting today for what you've been sent to do is peanuts in perspective of what you can earn if only your local government chairman was working for you. Yeah, but as finance guys, a dollar today is better than a dollar tomorrow. And, I mean, and, and when and when you're when you're, you don't understand that the dollar tomorrow is not actually a dollar is ten. Ten. Yeah, fair, fair. No, fair. agreed, right? But yeah. I think what's key here, because I, I genuinely agree with what you're saying, but what's key here is that when you're not sure how food is gonna come in tomorrow, when you're not sure how like the next week is going to go, especially with everything that's going on, I see why it's always it's almost like it's in your best interest that Nigeria doesn't improve to always access this group. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. Because even if, even if like, like, so to your point, even if these people were educated, I think it would still be a tough decision to make that, to say, hey, um, I'm not going to take this thing that's going to give me whatever today and actually just suffer and do it. And I'm sure a lot of people are making that decision, but that's, I think, is that is, is part of like a key problem. Like whether you have the knowledge, if the conditions aren't changed, how much can we guarantee that, 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 uh, that's not an attractive proposition. Yeah, the temptation. Well, and the political education is such that, and this is, again, we had talked a little bit earlier about Sharon Kuti, and one of the, one of the, for me, huge benefits that comes from having such a voice like that is that he's not talking to you in language that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Politi- political education is not about, for me, like saying, oh, I'm going to reject this 500 naira and suffer today. No, it's about understanding what the person who is offering you that 500 naira taking should from be offering you instead. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. And like what you're taking from me is correct. You said yeah. that perfectly. Yeah. Right. But the point I'm saying is that like your representative should not be offering you cash. It should be offering you access mm-hmm. to the national cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Through, you know, good public, whatever, Doing whatever. So the political education, like it, it gets to a point where you are educated enough that it's not a choice to reject you demand something else. It's a right. You're asking for something else. It's not a choice to say, no, I don't want 500 naira. I'd rather suffer. It's a licorice. Why are you? Nobody you supposed to say, I'm paying you 500 naira in a month. That's political education, right? In that sense. So that's, that's kind of what I mean. It's like, it, 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 we, we, we need that on a grassroots level like you've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the population that is affected the most is the population that is starved in that the most. Most, yeah. Right. Because, again, the people who we're talking about are smart enough to know that if you give them that, that's you're giving them their freedom. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. Them, yeah. yeah, you're giving them the key to tell you to go away with your money, right? Yep. So, as it, far as they're concerned, there's a clear incentive why they shouldn't do that. Yeah. That's the truth. The truth is, if you're trying to keep Nigeria in a chokehold, you're going to kill innocent citizens to maintain that power, you understand that this is probably your most effective tool. And yeah, yeah, to basically keep the poor where they are so that whenever you give them chump change, it's enough to essentially break their focus. I would say from a threat point of view for what we're trying to achieve is Mm -hmm. there's no incentive to make Nigeria better if you're a typical leader. Everything works in your favor today. To get into governance, you need to bribe, not bribe, you need to provide some sort of excitement to the low level or to pretty much the lower class of the community, of the like to the lower class, and then give them some sort of change and make them excited about voting for you. And then you do so, there's no incentive to make Nigeria better. You can steal, 
your children are abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you are sick, you go abroad. Like, look, COVID, I think, was one of the very few things that leveled the playing ground okay, for both the rich and yeah. the poor. I mean, mm-hmm. a few politicians died from it, and you realize, oh, mm-hmm. shit, when you cannot get out of the country, you realize how much of a shit we're wearing. But aside from that, when your president is sick, boom, out of the country, you might as well be enjoying free healthcare like us here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's no real incentive. I mean, there's a few good guys in there. Like, there's a few good guys in that group. And the exception, right? Yeah, it's, it's rare, few and far between, right? Yeah. There's a few good guys. But I also think there's an opportunity for us young people to get into that group, into mm-hmm. politics. I actually think there's a huge opportunity there. There's no there's no barrier to entry apart from the ones we quote-unquote... There's no real barrier to entry, if you think about it. So what about the party, uh, you know, the fact that you have to be PDP, APC, and, you know... No, but I do think you think that that's... That could be some sort of initiation process that kind of well, forces you into it? or To a certain extent, yes. Um, but on the other side, I think regardless of where you are in the world, is mostly, even in America, in America, you're either... Um, one or the other. One or the other, right? So Democrat or Republican. Dem- yeah, so, so it's just... I, was, I remember the thing I was watching this week. I don't remember the guy's name. I think it was the governor of Castilla. I don't remember his name now. Where he was trying to encourage young people to get into politics. Uh, he's like, stepping into politics as a young person, we all come in entitled that we're going to change the world overnight. No, there's dues to be quote unquote paid because of the way the system is designed. Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely no reason why we should not get into it. Mm-hmm. I actually think, and one of the things this protest exposed was that we're not as ed- educated about Nigerian policies and the system as much as we like to think we are. 100%. We don't know much about governance. Mm-hmm. Even the way the protest sort of was moving, you could start to realize, I mean, according to the article, at the point, you could all tell that we're all just winging it. Mm-hmm. Really and truly, when they said, who's your leader? And we all came out and said, we have no leader. Really and tr- I disagree with that personally. I personally thought, like, it made sense, at least initially. And the reason why is because <laughs> they were always going to take you into a private room, shut the door, Okay. And essentially try and pressure. Okay, but let's pull this back to our union conversation before this. Okay. The reasons, no matter how powerful the union is, a union has. Okay, scratch leaders. Let's call them representatives. At the negotiating table, when you are signing a union contract, you have your reps. Your reps are the ones that come back to you. What do we want? Take that forward. That's how you broker deals. Yeah. Right? Regardless of what happens, we need to broker deals. Yeah. And it. There's, 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 there's two major things here. The first is the dynamic in which, just to speak about your analogy briefly before I dive into the other thing, the dynamic in which unions and corporations and the people and their government go into agreements. Mm-hmm. Co- a corporation is not a, a body that is designed to represent the people that work for it. Okay. Corporations goal, and again, we talked about this, is the bottom line. So the difference in the dynamic when you talk about representatives, um, when the union shows up at the table, right? The difference in that dynamic is we, the people, have already elected our reps. On our reps are the people that are asking us who are our leaders. Did they, Chris? <laughs> fair, fair. Honestly. I yeah. mean, and honestly, that's the truth because like, you are our leaders. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, like, like and what are like, you saying do to you me? Do you really like, need our help? 
figuring out that five yes. four five plan? So like, do you when, need fair representative? When help you talk that? about power, responding with the question, "Who are your leaders?" and it's I say power, power because government. Yeah. You've just said it. Yeah. They are then saying to you as the people, "We are not here for you." So who are your leaders? Yeah, which is you. Which is yeah, that makes sense. So we can pay them off and get you guys to shut so that up. power can respond how power will respond. So the, 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 those are two major dynamics which I would I would like to highlight just in terms of how how different they are. Mm-hmm. But then going back to like the original, going back to, to sort of like the point about um, I've entirely lost my train of thought. Yeah, I'm gonna end with the leaders thing because I feel like that was a good point. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, it really was right. So I think part of what this whole what we're kind of leading into was the idea of uh, uh, the strength of the political class. Right, I'm thinking you were talking about some of the incentives that they had, and like I said, their position, right? Yep. So let's talk about for them. I want to go backwards. I don't know why, but I think it makes more sense. So obviously, the strength that they have is that they have the army, they have the police, and they also have personal protection, right? That's three layers of, in some cases, maybe two layers of protection that kind of, uh, I won't say absorbs them, but protects them from the accountability of the people, right? So that means that if you want to access this governor, for example. You have to gonna go to the police, and then he's powerful enough. You're gonna have to go to the government to get what you need, right? And uh, to to the army to get what you need, and that's if you're showing up at his door. And as far as going to the government, there's no no chance there, right? Um, the, the corrupt and beneficial system exists for them, right? They keep that going, right? The idea that you know, so you're talking about how, how uh, when a politician comes, he, he's not to, his duty is not to people. We just said like the truth is that he does care about people, and quote unquote because it's a, you know a democracy of sorts, right? <laughs> he's going to appeal to them for those three months. And that cost that he's basically, you know, o- that operating cost for three months is way better than the amount of money he would have to show through his government, not his money, but through the government over the course of his election period, right? So for him, it's a cost, like, there's a benefit here. Um, this is way cheaper for me. It feels like a lot of money, but it's way cheaper for me for three months than having to do this for, you know, the next six years. Right. Um, they also have blackmail. Right. I, we know that um, the Nigerian government is notorious for before you really enter those positions, they find ways to blackmail you so that you can always be kind of uh, caught up in whatever issue happens. Right. So essentially, if you're getting to this position, they find ways to put you in positions where you can't really just escape. You're going to have some skeletons in your closets as well. Right. That's another effective incentive to like stop you from doing anything. Right. Um, they also have direct access to the voice um, to, to like news media and like the global community. So, for example, we saw with the NSARS movement, how the Nigerian government tried to completely hide and whitewash the, the lucky uh, Togate massacre. Right. They completely like did everything they could, even to the point where they were able to apply enough pressure to Facebook to decide that any picture of the bloody Nigerian flag was fake news. Actually, did they, do we have any confirmation that they actually did that? I'm actually very curious. Uh, that's I'm, actually, that, that is actually, a, that is actually a great, great question and a great point. I actually don't know that, but I know I'm that there's I'm only like, one person that there's only like, there's, I can't think of anybody who has, has an incentive to do that. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I'm particularly interested in, in but that's a very fair question. Yeah, Cause I, I'm curious too. I haven't, seen anything yet but i'm gonna be looking yeah um and then also buying power right like these guys have enough money to essentially suppress at least anybody that's coming at them right so that's essentially the strengths that these guys have like i want to go through it because i think you know to essentially make this change 
we need to understand and obviously this is a high level thing what these guys are essentially in position to keep up doing what they are fighting against and why there's enough of a reason for them to protect themselves because it's not just fucking it's not fairyland here like everybody's trying to protect themselves or their own right and the truth is that's not enough so anyway anyway so like the opportunities here for them right are to take advantage of uh weakened political competitors uh, using the movement so that's one of the ways where um some of these guys can actually actively apply pressure uh to change the movement right so what i mean by that is let's say if your competitor is in a position of power right now and you want to take his position in the next cycle this is the perfect opportunity to do that to him and i think people are going to exploit that they did bring back our bring back our girls remember that yeah that was what brought apc into power i didn't actually make that connection mm-hmm. but yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah bring back our girls was the driving force for apc Oh yeah, because come. around that time, yeah, it was right around, around, yeah, yeah. Book around that whole that Jonathan did nothing about it, and that was like the core messaging of we need better security. Yeah, yeah, yeah Buhari, that was Buhari's. Yeah, so I was talking to my dad about this, and he that was his biggest worry is that the intention for the youth is great, but we're not fighting with the people we are fighting are not we're not we're not playing the same game mm. with them. We're fighting warheads. We're fighting literally, like literally they, if you think about what happened, right. what these people did, they mind fucked us yeah. on a grand, on a ridiculous scale. Yeah. The massacre was was not like a mistake. Mm-hmm. If you think oh, about it, it was complete strategy. Yeah. So the massacre is literally Even messaging after. Yeah, yeah. The massacre is literally a law of power. The massacre is when you want to fight an enemy. You break him, you destroy him completely in body and spirit. Mm. Early, early, like you let him do. You, so the massacre, literally, globally, every young person who is Nigerian globally, they slapped us mm. that night. Your wind was taken. Yeah, yeah, so literally, all of us are chanting enters, and they needed one action mm. to stomp. So we're not fighting against people on the same level. These are like OGs that have been fighting wars from time. So it's like we, we were underprepared for the fight we went into. Mm. And that and, and that's the truth. It's yeah. like we're not ready for that battle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say we're not ready for that battle, but uh, you know, if let's say like this is a war, maybe we <laughs> lost that first battle. <laughs> you uh, know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. but but ultimately, I you know that that's kind of where where I see all of it. But you're hundred percent right. It was completely strategic. But that's interesting about the um, bring back our girls thing. Yeah, like I, I didn't make that connection as clearly as you just did it now. So that that's a great point. Um, so I think I'm just gonna jump in. So some of your uh weaknesses essentially is accountability and visibility social media right they don't want to be exposed for the dirty work that they're doing yeah. um, you've been um Florence talked about this a lot <laughs> that the only way that they respond to what the only thing that they respond to is shame right um and the fact that they're completely disconnected from the plight of young nigerians so i think there's still a lot of them that don't understand the rage the frustration that common nigerians feel and that's not even us you understand what i mean um, so some of the biggest threats, which I think is interesting, and I, I would love to get you guys' thoughts on whether or not these are accurate, or if you think, you know, you think of something else, right? Um, so one, we know that any changes to the status quo is a risk to their bottom line. So that's always going to be a number one threat, right? That's what they're always constantly fighting against. Yeah. Um, uh, accountability costs dollars, right? Like, it, or Naira, per se. Like, like it basically costs them money to be accountable, right? Um, the fallen reputation in their in the global community. So uh, one of the ideas that we've uh, Agiawa kind of explored and Florian and 
Pumi um, got together to do this was where they basically wrote a letter to um, to Nigerian High Commission in Ottawa. Yeah. Right. And the idea was to basically one get enough signatures to at least apply pressure yeah, I mean, there. Nineteen hundred. What do you get? Nineteen hundred signatures. Uh, uh twelve hundred. Right twelve hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that that was you know now we don't expect it to change everything in the world. But we want to make sure that, like, again, this is another avenue to apply pressure and affect the reputation of this guy. So if this guy is going to any business or any meetings now in capital or in um, in Ottawa, it's capital, it's a different name. Um, it, they, he essentially might have to speak to that, or he might get questions about it, right? Um, actually, sorry, can I, mm-hmm. do you know I'm actually very very skeptical about that strategy. Why the national the international disgrace strategy? I. Uh, I've, okay, so this is like very, like very me thing. I don't know that it is correct. Right. But I've always felt like, why why do we think these other countries care or give a shit about the the fine details? So for example, in Canada, maybe we got like in total airtime on CP twenty four, two hours. Mm-hmm. But why do we think they we give there was enough pressure to do anything about it? What do you mean, like, like, so, so disgrace in, yeah. in concept of international disgrace, mm-hmm. right? Where okay, we're ashamed. Do we really think they feel shame? So, um, there's, there's there's two ways I can respond to this. There's one is looking at evidence of reaction and responses from the Nigerian government, mm-hmm. and then the second would be overall strategy, which kind of connects to what you were saying earlier. So let me start with the first. The first would be like, okay, what has the Nigerian government responded to in the last two weeks? Right. The only thing they have responded to, not the Nigerian government as in Samuel Lou, mm-hmm. the Nigerian government as in the people that actually matter is in regards to the, the lucky thing. It has been international acclamation, like, hey, what's going on? You know, these news outlets responding it, um, these news outlets talking about what went on. And that's the only time we've received acknowledgement, albeit on Twitter and then eventually the, um, the, the press conference that the president has. So what they have responded to in terms of like action visibly that we can see, whether we agree with if those actions are what is required or not, the action just means the press conference or whatever, right? The only time we've seen that is when there's been sustained international pressure. So in terms of evidence that the strategy may be a look into, yo, what do these guys care about, right? I think there's evidence there, right? That's one thing. Yeah, but Buhari's response to all of that was... Was still trash. No, in summary, it was mind your business. Yeah, oh, of course. No, no, totally. Yeah. Right. But it was the only thing that's the fourth time in three years that Buhari has addressed the nation on any issue. So regardless of what you're going to say, right, or, or regardless of what you feel about the approach, Buhari generally does not speak to the nation, whether exchange rate is going nuts, whether there's a petrol scarcity, whatever the internal issue is, he doesn't speak to the nation. But in this instance, he spoke. We didn't like what he said. What he said was mind your business, but 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 he spoke, so that was action. So evidence that pressure worked, I think, lies there. So right? do we do we do we believe? Okay, so so question here: mm-hmm. Do we believe it is international pressure, mm-hmm. or do we believe that this is as a result of us pretty much shutting down, quote unquote, the economy to a certain extent? This this question leads me to my next point, yeah. which is about strategy, and. The fight that we are fighting is not about winning with one golden ticket or winning with one big blow or one knockout Ali punch. Yeah. The fight that we're fighting is about winning with death by a thousand cuts. And this is only just one of the cuts. Yeah. And that is what is key. 
I think when you're in the diaspora, at least me myself, I feel fucking useless. Right? Yeah. And that led you to starting what you yeah, started, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. So so we all feel like, yo, how do how do we contribute to this? What but what do we do? Blah 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 blah. And the reality is sometimes we think that yo we will win this fight by like somebody getting up giving a speech as he protests and blah 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 and then yeah and then buhari will just there'll be national broadcast buhari will resign that's not how it works my g right it's in my mind right it's like denise every single tactic that is viable every single tactic that leads to some sort of response from your enemy you talk about laws of power literally you're looking for what provocates what instigates what gets them to move it's obvious that the international shame in some capacity, whether it's a capacity you like or not, to is one is another thing, right? Right. But in some capacity moves them. Yeah, I, right? I, I can see and that. So, I can see that. I was just I was just wondering if we have yeah. actual data points on does so for example, I saw the video where mm-hmm. I don't remember what her name was, was asking Beyonce to come and say something. No, that stuff's useless. No, but you yeah, so it's that's stuff's useless. Yeah, so it's that's stuff's useless. It's like if when yeah. we're we're war here is like yeah, and do those things move the? Yeah, the needle. They they move. They what they what they may move right is 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 and you cannot underrate this, right? If you look at like our history, also as Nigerians and also history of movements, you can't underrate social capital, right? So if there's one thing, it adds more to the social capital bank, right? There's a song about Nelson Mandela's birthday for a reason. That's social capital, and that moves the country, right? So I don't want to discount that generally but i think that like when it comes to international because your, your point generally is like what does international no i'm just trying to understand the, the what, diaspora what, wars yeah, yeah, yeah. what are you what no no not not what we international students are yeah. doing no not no i think i think us speaking up mm. is great mm-hmm. right i think but so when we say what we're going to do is disgrace you internationally right what is what so what does that look what does that look like and what is the effect so let me paint you a strategy right yeah uh, do you want do you want to go um go and i'll follow up okay. but i definitely have something so so this this is if you're looking for okay what is the outcome of this of a certain action and then the potential effect international disgrace it's as a strategy specifically as, as a, a strategy. strategy let me give an example yes. right so if you get up to 500 signatures on a petition right in canada right mm-hmm. A, an MP has to follow up on that petition and make a presentation on Parliament as to, reg- as to regards to the contents of that petition and why it's being put forward, right? That petition at Parliament, right, and every parliamentary procedure is recorded on C-SPAN. So there will be a record of a conversation being had about that petition in a national assembly, right, of one of the more, most powerful co- countries in the world, okay. right? Is it valuable to have a record of a parliamentary proceeding in Canada condemning the Nigerian government for its actions on October the 20th? Absolutely. That is a value. That is asset. Right? So, international action is not useless because if you get 500 people in Canada to sign a petition, then an MP will sit at the Parliament of Canada and talk about the Nigerian government's behavior and say it is fucked up that they killed people on this day and they did this and this and that. Whether that specific speech leads to anything or not, thereby is not really the. It's like is that is thereby, that ammunition in our fucking. There, so, so that's yeah, the question. So thereby it, building it, social capital for Nigerians. Yeah. and I think and I think it is. All right, if you talk about international disgrace, right, which is the point you're bringing up, right? Our people communicate through what media, right? WhatsApp, all of these things. Tell me that if it's not valuable to have 
an a, a, a Canadian MP, a UK MP, somebody in the United States Senate, just the two minutes of them talking shit about the Nigerian government. Tell me that's not valuable for that going viral on WhatsApp. In terms of changing attitudes, changing mindsets, moving governments, it's hard to quantify it. Yeah. That's the thing. I can't, so, I, so, that's, so that's my so, so, yeah. so I guess that that brings back to my question is yeah. Have we so that? Have we confirmed? Yeah. That? Have we so so Son Wolu's interview, for example, <laughs> National Disgrace. They shamed him, pulled his butt back on national TV. So question is, he shamed himself on CNN yeah. for about five minutes. Does that go back? Does that take so for example now when he goes back to government house, does that change his perception or behavior towards the people? Do you do you get what I'm saying? I do. Yes. I like do. what, I, I what are the long so Sonwolu's was national disgrace. He shamed right. himself on TV. Right. So how does that change his behavior moving forward? Okay, so, so let me just jump in here. I'll answer that like okay, so what I think about that is like whether it's good or bad. I genuinely don't care, right? The fact of the matter is applying pressure. If Samuel Lu has to do with those interviews every other week, every other month, every year, whatever the case may be, that is going to eventually take a toll. And it might not be worth it. It might not be worth it for him to continue chopping all the money. Or you say, I've chopped enough. It's, it's all right. My, the point is, there needs to be, it's, it's, it's like he was saying, right? And I think, <laughs> we, I think we're able to talk about it. Death by a thousand cuts. Like, it's, it's essentially important. One, us using our social capital here and using our voice is not mutually exclusive, right? You can use your voice, you can say something, you can speak, and you can still be doing all additional work. The, the most important thing is, um, truly, to me anyway, is the mentality. Right? Like, I don't care if Tiwa Savage is asking Beyonce to say something. But it made it, uh, we were aware now that Tiwa uh, Savage was asking Beyonce. And then we are now aware that Beyonce now said something. Whether or, whether or not it was basic, whether or not it was important, she felt the pressure to say it. Again, that to me is social capital. Right? Now, these things are going to be, uh, the idea is that we are all thinking in that same mode of action. The idea is that I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I don't know if this is going to work, but I want to do something. I want to help change somebody's life in some sort of capacity. Or I want to make these people feel the pressure and the pain that they're dealing with. Now, you can also look at this like, hey, what's the point of signing this uh, petition? Like, how many people are going to sign it anyway? Like, what's what best? We get 500, and then what's going to happen? 1,000. Like, so I, I'm not obviously, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that this is what you think, right? I, I'm not, I'm not even that. disagreeing with you. So, right. So, um, so this is you guys calling me on this. Yeah. So right. I know we've derailed from SWAT, but we are totally think, derailed yeah, from yeah, SWAT. Yeah, yeah. So, so, for example, simple law. When you're, when you're at war, you need to know your enemy and who you're dealing with. It's very... Like, you need to know who you're dealing with. So, watching these guys, how they sort of reacted to all our international disgrace is knowing who we're fighting, right? Does this... So, the question is, does this actually have an effect on... Not, not in general. Knowing our enemy. Specifically. Specifically. Yes. Knowing that Tinubu went on TV to call himself Jagaban, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Knowing who we are fighting, is this an effective tool in the war we're fighting? Knowing our current enemy, yeah. that that's that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. That's your question. Not in and, a general fight. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, and 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 I, I get your framing of the question. Yeah, and if I can just interrupt because I feel like I want to answer a question. Yeah, yeah go on. which was your positioning that what happened with someone Lu. Yeah, that is an example of this being a questionable tool, right? That you're saying that, or 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 you, your position is that, okay, that happened, will that or has it or 
will it change his behavior? Yeah, does it have any does, even if it moves the needle by a little bit? Yeah. Is as we as you as we as young people as we continue to strategize on how we want to fight this war. Because mm-hmm. it is it is war. war we're it fighting is. against people that are ready to shoot bullets. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So if this is the war we're going into, mm-hmm. are these effective tools mm-hmm. to go to battle with these people? Or is shutting down the economy? For example. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the viable weapons in our arsenal? So, what I would say yeah. is that it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, right? So, what I mean by that is that, like, we can effectively stop and apply pressure to the economy as well as disgracing these guys, right? And I'm not saying that, like, hey, this should have a higher priority or not. But at the end of the day, if your best tool or tactic, right, is to apply pressure to these guys, then go and do it, right? Like, we can't. That's the thing, you know, I think we talk about this idea of like we are, we are a group essentially radicalizing ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And we're, whether or not we look back in history and kind of pick up ideas, we are in a new, you know, we're a new technological, technological age. We have to figure out other tools, other ways to be effective. The feminist coalition were able to achieve that to some extent, right? And that is essentially what it comes down to. Like, it's not really about whether or not this is a good tool, which I, I understand and I agree and I definitely process that. But the conclusion I came down to is just like, who the fuck, who am I? When If this thing turns out to be successful, what am I going to say? Do you understand what I'm saying? If it turns out to be able to impactful in any way, like, what, what am I going to say? Or is this going to be a precedent for the person who did that to do something else that makes it more of an impact, right? We can't put a line on what anybody is contributing. I don't... I, I, no, I, no, it's not by any fault fault in anyone's yeah. contribution. No, I no, mean, no, of course yeah, not. Yeah. I, I, I totally respect that. I, yeah. I think it's just kind of like the... like. The challenge, I guess, for me, when you're saying it's just like the idea of like even like for me, it's like I don't care about how much how effective it is right now. I care that it's happening because the idea that is happening, the idea that somebody's trying to do something, is honestly probably what's giving anybody else who's trying to do something a little bit of hope. So we're building on each other. You understand what I'm saying? Like ultimately, that's what it is. We're crowdfunding this. We're, we're, we're literally trying to crowdfund this. So some people are going to have successful ways where everybody drops what they're doing and then goes that way. And then some people are going to innovate with new ideas. But the idea, though, like has to keep being pushed that you can do something no matter how small, big, whatever it is, because you never know what can happen. Like, yeah. you know? I, I think always contributing is like, obviously, it's something that keeps you going. I like your, I like your, your question about like specificity. Like you're this particular devil that we're fighting. Are these weapons? Yeah. So right? and so that so, so that's my question is like yeah. if it is in if it's an umbrella war as to say yeah. does shaming your enemy mm-hmm. does it work in this in instant. battle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah. It works. You yeah. can, I can shame you into the floor and then mm-hmm. shame you into hiding. The people we are fighting, mm-hmm. you can't shame someone that doesn't have shame. So so let's make it a micro conversation then. Okay. Right. Which is. To say, okay, we are now at this moment inside of the battle. Mm. We're not theoretically talking about. Yeah, we're fighting right now. We're, we're inside of battle. Yeah. What, as a master tactician yourself, right? <laughs> uh, as a student of the art of war, since you. It's be organic. Yeah, right. That's a different guy. Oh, my SS, <laughs> don't kill me. <laughs> That's some 08090 shit, bro. That's so skewed. No, but basically, that's the energy I'm getting from your question. And in return, I would say, let's look at the evidence. And like, we've taken actions in this battle, right? Mm. 
we've organized, we've spoken silently, peacefully, right? We've fed our guys, we've done all of these things. That's an action in this yeah. war. Yeah. Right? And other interested parties have taken other actions that we may never hear of in regards to how to speak to this particular government, right? So again, specificity. In this particular battle, how do you particularly speak to this particular enemy? And what I have seen this enemy respond to is only the international shame. They didn't respond when people protested day after day after day, right? The only time they started responding was when international media was picking it up. Okay. Right? And their response wasn't first the shooting, right? Their response was, oh, yes, we've answered your five for five. Go and rest. Elders should talk to children. Those were the only times they were picking up. The, res- the, the protest itself started the 7th, the 8th, in terms of people energizing. There was no response. So, to answer your question, what I'd like to look at is really the events of the last two weeks. How has the government, both local, Lagos, other states as well, and federal responded to generally what has happened we've seen like all your states respond really really well strongly right mm-hmm. to the protest there's been a lot of local casualties the governor is somebody who's wise told the police to take a step back looked after the people positive response nothing like what has happened in lagos has happened in all your state mm-hmm. is it wise to then go on a campaign to publicly shame governor martin day no because he has responded to protesters who have said, Omar, we don't want SARS. Great. He took police off the streets. Great. He did all these other things, right? So when I listen to your question, I, I'm like, yeah, you're asking a super valid question, right? Like these guys, Tinubu that you call, Buhari, all of them, what are they responsive to? And from what I've seen, right, it has been international news outlets picking it up. They, they only confirmed the army was there when they found out that some white lady who was in um, a journalist for an international news anchor was on the front lines. They were like, oh shit, we can't deny now. Even though a thousand Nigerians had posted on Instagram, a thousand Nigerians had posted on Twitter. You see what I mean? Okay. So when I look at the energy we're getting from them, is that like, hmm, they're only responding to certain actions from certain areas. So that's why the shame thing seems like it's a, 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 you know what, that's a plausible tactic. That's something that we can use. So right? do a pro- protest here in Canada counts as shame? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I think yes. I think I think so. I think I think so. Because they, they add to the the news cycle is so fast, right? The news cycle is fast. Niggas dying in Nigeria, excuse my framing. Believe me, I said that on purpose, so I want you to feel it. Yeah. Niggas dying in Nigeria is not the hardest news in Western media today, tomorrow, the day after. Yes. But it will be if we're making noise out in Buckingham Palace, if we're making noise out in Parliament Hill, if you're making noise out in Washington, D.C. as Nigerians. It will be the hottest news or it will be as hot as news possible for as long as possible. Okay, so devil's advocate. Yeah. There's there's these issues we have in all these countries right? every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many of them are you looked into? Personally. Not a lot. Me? I know personally. Yeah. I know personally. There's always... Yeah. There's typically, usually, there's always something. So this is the guilt yeah, thing. Sure. I like yeah, so there's always something. Me personally, and which is why I worry about the strategy, right. is like... If I multiply myself by, if I use myself as the average, I mean, there's a few people who are like high sensitivity to what's right. going on in the world, and it's like mm-hmm. radars are going off once there's something going on. Mm-hmm. But the average person, if I use myself as the average, 
how many of these things, even the one, even if we look at it right now and we put it on the map, like what's going on in Africa mm-hmm. is a whole thing. To be very, very honest, I don't know that I've looked into other countries. I know Cameroon, they killed a bunch Cameroon, of students. Congo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I actually don't know the fine details right. for me to know that me being schooled on that was an effective strategy. Right. Yeah. From no, so this is just me. No, no, so it. this is just me projecting and saying, okay, if this is what we're doing, right, right, is it? It's not wrong. No, no. But is it? Effective. Is it effective? And uh, honestly, like that's a great question. And and like nobody's really gonna have quote unquote the answer to that. I mean, part of what we know is that part of what people protesting out here is doing. It's not really to just get the, to the normal person who might maybe be able to fund and support whatever the movement is in a yeah. small way, mm-hmm. but it's really to get to the eyes of people in power here to apply pressure to their counterparts in Nigeria, right? Whether or not that's effective, right? You can all you can do is call call him twice a day for the next week, and that doesn't mean anything's going to happen. Right. But the other aspect of this that I don't want to get lost is that, like, it doesn't have to happen in just that way. Like, if let's say everybody is doing this, that's really going to be a consequence of that could be a consequence of other actions that are taking place. It's about creating the room for those to take place. So I agree. Like, I think what you seem to be saying, and, you know, correct me if I'm off here, it's just like, hey, look, like, what we're doing here is great. We're making awareness, right? It might change some things. I don't know how much it will change. Fair enough. I don't think that should stop, though. Right. But, you know, maybe maybe what you're again, maybe it's an assumption. But what, you know, I would also be more concerned about right now is that, like, there are certain infrastructures in Nigeria in place that whether or not these guys get the pressure from outside, if those if, if that structure is still in place, they're not leaving. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's still going to be a hell of a fight for them to leave. Yeah. Right. To me, um, it goes back to the whole thousand cuts uh, that, that Florian was saying. It's that the idea of. Being caught all over is what the idea that like, hey, something can happen where here to my house today, something can happen outside abroad, wherever the case may be, is it worth it continuing to do what I'm doing and not service the people? Right? And then also rewarding the fact that people like Governor Mackinde, it like, you know, are not dealing with any problems or any issues and everything's flowing for them. Right? Now that's an incentive for somebody to say, hey, you if I so if I just finesse it this way, it's cool. Okay, makes sense. Now you decide whether or not you want to give up the money that you've been stealing mm-hmm. to do to do all of that, right? So again, like I think what it's important here because I think it's a conversation that happens a lot, and I think it's I think it's necessary because the idea that you're just pushing everything out is enough is not necessarily always the case, and it's, it's something that we all have to constantly examine, mm-hmm. right? And there's there's a possibility that the people who are doing this. Are also examining that they're like, okay, I've done this. Okay, so how much of this? Okay, you know what? I think I can do something else. And then they'll run with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so the idea is I don't want to take away from what anybody else is doing in any small capacity because that can be the first thing they do that leads up to the great thing that they do. So it builds on it. It, it, it builds on it. Like, the fact is, like, this whole radicalizing of ourselves, like, it's, it, it's going it, to, one, it's going to take years. And it's, it's going to take us building on that. It's, it's essentially going to need to be an economy of activism activism yeah you know what i'm saying like it's it's kind of like i know i'm trying to do something good for nigeria and i know that it's not going to be hard for me to find five ten other people who can dedicate their time and maybe some money to do this right and and like that idea is is really what i think is the most powerful thing that we could probably use here okay so let me pull out some things i thought were were absolutely fantastic about this thing. Mm-hmm. One thing that we noticed was 
money wins wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 80 million naira. 80 million naira with the Feminist Coalition and the effective use of that money was able to show it was able to show things on ground. Mm-hmm. Like it was a powerful thing. It was like the transparency, this the, the money flowing in and things like that. Transparency and, 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 and the time frame. And the time frame. Yeah, so money moving in, money moving is a bias for action. I've put money to where my mouth is to fight this war. The not-so-lazy youth is a commitment to action that I've put money to this battle. A tweet is nice, right? But I've committed something to fight this war in in different ways. So there's a thousand and one things we need to fix in Nigeria. But waiting... My my problem with all this... It's not a problem. But my concern. my concern with reliance on international um, disgrace and things like that is it it leaves it as does the work stop there? There is like the effort I'm putting into. I can say it, I can chant it, but the effort I'm putting into this international disgrace. If I double down on action to do something in Nigeria, being here in Canada, there's a thousand and one things we can do. Especially financially. The exchange rate is bad, thanks to bad governance. The amount of money we remit internationally, here I think it's 2 point something, 26 billion or something is what we're sending into Nigeria. What is that money going to? We talked about this poor section and the the youth. Like, we can channel actual things into tangible things that we would start to see results. If we create programs that are sponsored by people in the diaspora, to channel this this community that we're talking about, right? There's no reason if we've created internationally, you say people in the diaspora, we set up something that creates empowerment programs, not charity. I hate charity, sorry, but but like create empowerment programs for these people, right? And we start to lift them up. Dollars are dollars uh, is super powerful currency. Now, is that not an effective type of protest? It is. It is. So uh, that's so that's that's what I'm. That the difference I'm trying to say is. That now is not international disgrace. That is putting dollars dollars to work. I actually think, like, look at all the wars that countries have won, world war and all these things. Efficiency and dollars, dollars and goods, things being available, wins wars. I don't know that Hillary Clinton's tweet at Mohammed Buhari. Okay, so 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 this 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 comes down to a philosophical thing. Yes, um, I love, I love love love. The point you've just landed on, right? Which basically I think captures your approach to yes. how you show up in this moment. Yes, yeah. Right? And how you show up in this moment is quantifiable. From the day you started the not so lazy is to the day you stop, we will be able to quantify your impact. And I love that. Not which just, is which not, is why I think I yeah, don't think it's, yeah, no, I don't no, think it's right. No, no, it's, no, not yeah. just for you, but I love that because it, it you're able to make an argument, and also significantly in this moment, you're because you're leading, you're able to get followers, which is in angle is what we need. Yeah. But I would challenge your perspective around dollars winning wars. Listen, I'm an economics guy. I yeah. know that is true. Right. I know it is true that money wins wars. However, I would also position that propaganda longer term victory fair right how you are able to shape the story of the war is really the longer term victory 
And I think what goes into the shaping of the story is all of this other stuff that is so hard to quantify while we're doing it. So, the, and I, I think the, the most interesting point, and this, I'll say this and leave it, in how you've kind of talked about it, is that like, oh, we're doing international disgrace. And I think what you had said was around if you double that effort in this other way. Yeah. And I love that because it makes me understand truly that we each have a role to play. Fair. Right? Yeah. And for some, which, and I, again, us being sitting here in Toronto trying to have an entire argument, <laughs> right? How we can contribute different, right? Mm-hmm. You're an active person who can go from ideation to delivery in three days and produce a platform that can donate X amount to X family. Yeah. That's amazing. And True. Right? Truly, right? Mm-hmm. And again, like we've talked about, the reasons why we can heal those things. Yeah, yeah. But some people, how they contribute would be, oh, how can I use my voice? How can I put pressure? How can I do things that are not as actionable and not as translatable to a quantifiable thing as your... So, blame the, so blame the engineer. Like I said, yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, a framework, yeah. framework, I'm a framework guy. Yeah. I'm a framework guy that likes and, to And the see. truth... The truth about yeah. sorry, sorry, about yeah, yeah, up, but the truth about that is there is a framework for everything, mm. right? Like it's it, it doesn't just exist from a financial or from that perspective. And I think the most important thing about what you're doing today and why I think we we, we thought it was important for you to be on yeah. is because it's important to see that yeah. it's nice to tweet about it. It's nice to retweet. Like these are all great things, mm-hmm. but what other way can you essentially contribute? Yeah. Right now, the first thing you can do is basically come out and support the not so lazy youth, mm-hmm. right? Um. Like, that's the first step. Now, if you want to, you see what they're doing and you love it and you respect it and you feel like you can replicate it in some other way but do it for this, then that's amazing. But but here's the thing, though. You can't quantify that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't quantify that because what you're doing is more than just helping (laughs) these 50 lives, right? You're helping their families. But even beyond that, like, you're giving people uh, a path to essentially empowering themselves to do the same thing to do the same thing. yeah right which is which is what i think so for example this is this this which is what i think people in the diaspora here need to get into so first things first is we need knowledge on what's going on back home Mm. i was talking about that to a few friends that i learned more about nigeria in the last week and a half that i have known in the last 12 years that i've been here and that was media and education so, how do we set up a framework or some sort of structure that that information doesn't die with NTARs? That, that's, that's quantifiable. That's like, how do we keep this channel of knowledge open? Right. You can do that, but there's, you can't quantify how many people are going to take action from that. No, but we can, we can say, for example, I was talking to someone recently about this exact same concept. It's like, after this goes, Linda, KG should not be our source of information yeah. right how many how much so for example we see these guys all right yeah arise tv yeah that's great so for example we see these guys on the, this guy that fainted during the hearing you remember that we all laughed at, we all laughed about it dino yeah was it dino i don't i don't I think it was dino dino has done his own drama but yeah. it's like we laugh about it in the moment yeah we laugh about it in that moment but if it happens again today it's no longer funny it's no longer so funny. we need to know yeah, who is this yeah. guy what did he do why is it a thing so, for example, the BRT bus thing, there they said it will cost $200,000 to buy. Because of this hot moment, we know for a fact that on Alibaba, that bus is 30000 mm. How do we make sure that that pipeline does not close mm. over the next four weeks? 
of information. Yeah, that pipeline. So those are like actionable things. So like, it doesn't have to be us. It's like, when the diaspora here is going to say, okay, you know what? This is the area that I'm going to make sure that this pipeline is open. Yawa Magazine is a platform, for example, that can say, oh, take this on. Mm. Leave this pipeline open. It's like, aside from, I understand international disgrace, but apart from trying to get other people to get into our matter, Mm. It's like there's enough power and there's enough Within people. Ourselves. There's enough yeah. people here to say, you know what? Complaining, not complaining. Sorry, it's lack of it. But there's, we have the ability to make things happen. Mm. So let's jump. Right let's into let's right jump into right. It. Like my guys, I went to secondary school with. My best friends were sweating on the front line. That is action. Mm. Yeah, that is like I've taken a step to doing this. They were tweeting also, mm-hmm. but you're doing. I, sorry, I have a, I have a very, up. yeah. So this sitting here is action. Mm. Is I have a very strong bias for, action. for action. It's like, like let's do something. Yeah. Like no need. For, it doesn't have to be perfect, mm-hmm. but let's get something going aside from topic. And everybody can pick one thing. Everybody has that one thing they can contribute in. In like this fashion designers here. If you source products from Nigeria, you are lifting possibly someone okay, who's probably. doing. You are lifting them out of. Poverty. There's actionable steps mm. we can all take to say, okay, for the greater good of lifting this community, let's all take some form. At least that's my own opinion, which is why I ask: does it, international disgrace versus oh, bias for action? So, which is why I do this and, and, and the key answer to, or I guess my answer to that would be both. No versus, right? Because it, it like it, it has to happen simultaneously. It has to happen simultaneously. Fair enough. Yeah. Which, will, which is acceptable. Will, which is an acceptable answer. One will feed the other, right? It, it, to me, yeah, the only reason why I even push back against mm-hmm. this is because when people like if someone hears and say, "Oh, well, so all this stuff," I'm like, it's like, hey, that's great that what you're doing. That's great. I'm happy you're trying to loud voice whatever way you can. Mm-hmm. But that might not be enough. And I think that's part of the conversation. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, 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 yeah. Today. It's the same. Yeah, we're not enough. What, you know, I think something I touched on that's like just so key. And it's, it's really what excited me the most um, about what, what you're doing is that pipeline. Yeah. Right? Like pipelines are going to be necessary, right? Well, for whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Like the idea you build this pipeline is like that means it can be repurposed for much more than just exactly what it is. Yeah. Right? And, and that's important, right? So, Again, people now somebody can take what you're doing and find another creative way to act, mm-hmm. right? But the most important thing is for them to understand that start with you, start somewhere, and move, yeah. move, move, move. Which is what everyone in Nigeria is trying to see. Is like now the next. I was listening to um, it, I think I remember I said what I said, which is mm-hmm. FK's podcast. Right. And I was listening to the one they did today. Mm-hmm. They said that look, what next is we don't know, but the truth is what we know that we need to do is move. So pick an area of passion and apply pressure there with some form of action, whether it is, I guess, calling your person, but take, like, nobody's going don't to organize there. Don't, don't let, let it stop, stop there. there. Don't let, yeah. like, is, how do we make sure that this thing does not die? Answers, maybe they, they beat us with gun. Mm. We've gone back to the drawing board. Yeah. But how back. do we make sure that we level up? We level up. This yeah. thing doesn't close. And especially for us in diaspora here is, how do we make sure? Because our role in this thing was international disgrace, right? Starting point. Starting point. Our role started off as international disgrace. But how do we make sure that that, that pipe stays open mm. and we, we look for other avenues and other ways 
to continue the fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, it's really nation building, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nation building, like remote. In spite of the, yeah, in spite, <laughs> in spite of the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're far. We're going to build yeah, our own country. Right. Um, yeah. So, so no, no, I, I like, I like that perspective. I mean, bias for action is literally my middle name. Um, I would tattoo it on my chest if I could. So, <laughs> so for sure, like that, that, that me- whole mentality, I think, is super needed in this moment, right? Yeah. Um, and the confidence, and I think I like that. It could start with anything, bro. Just move. Just move. Please, we'll build it as we're falling down. Yeah, just yeah. move, right? Like the time for being still, the time for old, maybe somebody else, all of that stuff. I think we get comfortable. It's gone, yeah. Past it, yeah. yeah. Like that, that also that example about it being funny before, and then now it's not funny. <sighs> now it's not. Now we so want to know what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, now we're not. Yeah, just if you saw Fashola right. two months ago, yeah. If you saw okay. Fashola two months ago, if Fashola found this camera two months ago. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. Yeah, but now it's now it's like, are we idiots? They're playing us for for fools. Like yeah. we're watching these people gaslight us in public, in real time. And it's not that they are they are using their regular playbook, mm. like from the seven. Yeah, they literally cleaned the lucky toll gate and then came to do an inspection. Yeah, they they are literally using what has always worked for them. But all of a sudden, we're no longer finding it funny. A gorilla, it's money. What's funny? Snake eats money. We laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've done. It. Someone should come tomorrow now and say snake that. eats money. Yeah, yeah, but like, how do we make sure we don't go back to laughing? Mm. Is 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 my question? Is like, I like that. I mean, yeah, no, that's that's amazing. My my easy answer is funding journalism, but you know, let's <laughs> let's not get into that. So it's funding weather journalism. Oh, I mean that's key. Yeah, that that really is for me the key. I think with this last one, where, where's the older generation? I think this is, we, we can just do this high level and, and, and slow down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so part of the reason why I push so hard against the idea of like, hey, um, you, know, eh, you know, if you're not doing this, do, like, you know, do something, even if it's basically trying to basically supply support, right? Sometimes we can't quantify it and who knows who's listening to it, right? But mm-hmm. like, apply the pressure. Yeah. The reason why I think about that when it comes to the older generation is like maybe like they're older, maybe there's more to lose, all that kind of stuff. Again, it doesn't mean that you can't support the movement. And so one of the things I've thought about uh, as far as they're concerned, right, um, is the threats. So basically they have their life's earning and reputation at stake, right? Uh, they built everything so far up to this point. Is it worth risking it, especially if maybe I'm somewhat comfortable or I've Kind of resigned to accept whatever my current situation is. Contract. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. Oh, I'm waiting for the next one, right? <laughs> and if I do this one, they won't give me again, right? Human civil rights. Um, you know, like part of the thing too is just that like they can still be violated by the police and the government. If you don't have enough money, <laughs> you're still basically susceptible to that same violence, right? Um, if you do, if you were to speak up about something and come and try and support the mo- the movement actively uh your properties your you know your family basically can be uh taken advantage or destroyed by the police and government right but the idea ultimately it's like um they're in a more comfortable position because of with you know how far along they're in their lives um in you know in some cases right their energy is probably not the same as what the youth might be and the emotional distress and toll from being active in this kind of movement, especially after what we've seen, might be significant to them compared to somebody that's young, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives the general idea. Their weaknesses are essentially the same things what that, that they can essentially be threatened by, right? So some of the opportunities I feel, and th- this is where I really want to get you guys' thoughts on, on this, is that um, how else can they help the movement, right? Like, okay, maybe you can do all these crazy things, but how else can you help the movement? 
one of the things I thought about was like empowering your kids and essentially reinforcing the message, right? Like, I think that's really one of the most important things because, you know, we heard a lot of reports when the protests were happening where parents were telling their kids to stay home. My dad, right? Yeah, and, father, and, yeah. and ch- chances, are, chances, chances are, chances are, is because of privilege, right? You know, my parents too, I'm not gonna lie. Like, yeah. like the chance, it, it, it is, like, you know, it, there is a level of privilege that says, hey, like, I don't want to, obviously, I don't want to lose you. And what we have here might be, no, I'm not say too good, but like not worth you going out there and, and doing what you lose doing. your life. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? Um, providing knowledge, education, experience, right? Because they've seen more than us, right? So it's not really about, you know, okay, yes, we're not perfectly organized. We're young. We're not going to be organized. We're responding to something that we feel is great. Mm-hmm. Or how would you recommend us organizing? You know what I'm saying? How would you support this organization? Where do you think, like, there, there are other ways that can be helped as opposed to just telling us, hey, this is what you want to do. And you can say that, but there's more to that. Um, and leveraging your connection to get buy-in from your peers, right? Yeah. Like, they have, like, for because most of the country is led by the older generation, right? They ha- typically have the connections and the times, whether it's from school or anywhere or any period in their life, to basically make contact and have some sort of small, but yet, you know, maybe impactful influence on you know, this political class, right? <laughs> Whether or not they fall into that category, they might still have relationships there, right? To me, I think that those were some of the more the opportunities. Some of the strengths basically tied to having the money and resources. Um, youth will value, value their participation, you know, uh, knowledge and experience and the network, right? So all of those same things. Do you guys feel like that's enough for them to do something? Do you feel like there are other ways where it can be more... Um, actionable they can be more actionable as opposed to just kind of giving words of wisdom uh, i think your symbol there answers the question um th- there's no better way than to fund the movement and that's it um there's no better way than to put your your money wherever you think your mouth is because you're not going to be out on the street <coughs> obviously they're not going to be yeah i mean it's a mother they had the mother's movement yeah they had the, the mother's so movement. i, I, I did about i did yeah, I did something that was interesting actually. Yeah. So I saw one of my aunties in the movement. Mm. So I sent a picture to my family group chat. I'm like, there's one familiar face. Hey. <laughs> yeah, she did my father and like my mom. It. So he's yeah. see, but but if you pull back to the experience thing, so my dad is a very um how do I put this? He's a smart guy. But he's also a very cerebral, long term thinker and it's like so when this whole thing started, his his thing was, so I was talking to him about it, and he's like, well, uh, he believes that the protest as, this was like day five or something, he was like, oh, I think the protest has served its purpose, and they've ended us, but that he believes very strongly that they're going to overtake us in this protest, and they're going to political powers are going to hijack our protest and use it for other things that that's what's going to happen long run yes it happened all right so they hijacked the protest they sent all of us who are the peaceful protesters sent us back home and hoodlums quote unquote for what they are calling them to go out which was sponsored by maybe alternative parties or whatever the case so they, they hijacked our protest pretty much but what i did not appreciate along the way was okay fine you told me what the end result would be how can we mitigate? How what do we need to do to jazz up? Mm. Right? Don't tell me that we're going to fail without giving me any alternatives. Alternatives. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't like like when we were young. I didn't. I haven't spoken to him for like a week and a half. 
and he knew I started. We knew we we're doing not so busy. So the night of the massacre, he sent me a message. He's like, "I'm very sorry for what happened tonight. It is. I can imagine what this must feel like for all the years." And I, I responded to him, but the process of the actual protest was you didn't help out as far as you were concerned. Is like. Mm. It's a waste of time. Yeah, this is us fighting. And I, I, I had a conversation. I'm like, this is us fighting for our lives. This is us saying that we cannot live like this any, anymore. You can do a little bit more than telling me what the end result to be. Mm. We've never been here before. You might know better. What are your recommendations? What are the steps we need to take? Okay, do we appoint representatives? What are the mm. advisors? See that Sega link or what's that idiot's yeah. name? <laughs> Right, it's like you come here as some superhero, but you just formed the old bag. Like, yeah. well, they, all you're doing I, is complaining with no real solution. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think the adults who have seen this before, I think they failed us yeah. overall. Especially if we're fighting a battle for the rest of. I mean, you guys have some experience, but that's that's on brand with their generation, though. So yeah, it's like shut up, like we're and this is on brand with our generation, where the hotel gang, yeah. right? Where where we don't we don't we don't conform. Right. right, and I think it offends them, and I, I also think, yeah, I also think we took on the offensive in our campaign, where we said we are not our parents' generation. Mm. So technically, to most parents, so you're gonna do what you want to do. Let's see, let's see what makes work. let's yeah. let's see what makes you so special. Yeah. But I think they could have so come on. that chip on their shoulder. Yeah, yeah I think they could have come on mm. stronger to help us. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I, I, no, no, I have nothing. So my biggest thing about this is just like. You know, and, and honestly, that's good that we ended on them because my biggest frustration is with them. And the reason why is because... So, all those lives that were lost on in, in the Lekki Togi massacre, they couldn't be your kids. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be your friends' kids. They couldn't be your grandkids. Like, they couldn't be somebody who you care about. Yeah. Why does it only seem like the youth have a stake in this movement? Why don't you feel like you have a stake in this movement? Why, like, even if you're not acting, or like, this is still you. Like, <laughs> that's what my biggest frustration is because whenever people do that, they create other. And when they create other, they create room to remove the empathy and the idea that this is also being done to you. Like, mm-hmm. when we saw what happened at Lekki Tollgate Massacre, the reason why we care, the reason why we are frustrated, the reason why we want to do something, fundamentally is because we see them in us. I mean, let me speak for myself, right? But I see something there. It's like, I would like to think that if I was in Nigeria or Lagos, I'll be, I'll be going to Lekki Tollgate. Do you think you'd have gone? I would. Hmm. No, I maybe would. not the Tuesday of. Yeah. Because the Tuesday of, there were announcements that, like, even from here made me believe that it was not safe to go. Right. Whatever you have been a part of the, the general protest, uh, absolutely showing up. Yeah. I wish I, mean, I, I actually wish I was there. Yeah, but the yeah. Tuesday, the Tuesday of, you already like you could tell early. Yeah, I think I tweeted something about that. Yeah. This and, and and I think that's what makes it worse. Yeah, I think they went to, they intentionally went into this whole state of emergency. They started off with mm. the prison they broke out in this thing. I, I can read, I think I tweeted that and like mm. this is a perfect example Strategy. of how to go into Strategy. a state of emergency because now 
they broken into prison, shut it down. And, and, That's the next answer. Same thing America did doing Black Lives. Mm, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, they are losing, they are losing. Send a police officer. Send in the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, break some glasses, everybody follows suit and goes to steal. Yeah, because exactly. now it's free food. And then all of a sudden, all these protesters are a problem. Yeah. Right? Exactly. But ultimately, like, again, like, I, like, for me, it's not, I want to put it on the older generation. I would say one of the big things for me is just that, like, we all have a stake in, like, a better Nigeria. We all have a stake in facilitating that better Nigeria. And not everybody, you know, I think one of the biggest conversations we had throughout today was really the idea of what role we should play, mm-hmm. what's impactful, what's productive. Yeah. And, and we, I think we all kind of landed on, like, ideally, you should be get to a point where it's actionable. It's yeah. quantifiable. Yeah, you can start off with doing whatever you want to do, but make sure that you're making things move. Make yeah. sure you're actively doing something, right? But the idea of not, this not being your problem oh, makes it's it easy. It's our, it's our problem. Right? Yeah, no, and, and I know that, right? Mm-hmm. It's all our problem. Like, it is everybody's problem. Even this political class that don't want to let it go, this is a problem that they have to continue to deal with, right? Like, we all essentially have a stake in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if anybody starts to subscribe to the fact that, you know, even though you have that Nigerian passport, or even though you're here, and it's like, what's it going to do with my, my thing? You're, you're, you're going to give birth to kids, or maybe, you you know, if you decide to, and your kids, you're going to tell them that they're Nigerian. You're going to tell them they're from some certain tribe, and then they're going to look at the country, and they're going to start learning, and eventually you're going to get to the point where, oh, when this happened, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, which is the point that we got into. You understand yep. what I'm saying? Yep. So it's almost like the, the idea and the reason what destroyed them was, again, oh, these people are doing problem. These people are doing problem. This religion is doing this. We all have a stake in this country. <laughs> like, we, it, like, if we understand that, then there's enough reason. Like, now, not everybody's going to be driven to do the same quality of work, mm-hmm. right? But we need an environment where that can happen, right? It's like, it's, <laughs> shit, I'm going to use Silicon Valley as an example, but forgive me here. But Silicon Valley doesn't, you know, start up in one day. It's an environment, that, an environment. That, that, that that facilitates people who want to explore these things. Yeah. Who who are like there's a, there's literally an economy that facilitates that. Now sometimes it's frivolous and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. But we understand that. But the people who are even here have been able to quantify the risk, and that's why they keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. So ultimately, like, I feel like that's the challenge for all of us. I think whether or not. Anybody can do it perfectly. I think it's the idea of learning from each other, mm-hmm. supporting each other, and maybe, hopefully, <laughs> we can actually, you know. I mean, the other side to that is we need to stop treating December like a fucking vacation. Mm-hmm. Because it's the truth. It's, it's, I don't remember who I was talking to recently. I was somewhere. I overheard this. I don't remember who it is. So the person is talking about, oh, are we going to Nigeria in December? And the other person's like, oh, you know, I don't know, Boko Haram, SARS, this, 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 this. And the person goes, oh, you know this SARS thing? Me and you don't really need to worry about it. Which, as a matter of fact, is the sentiment of many people. At the end of the day, and the data shows it. And and I, I think this was something I was talking about. I wasn't even going to say it, but fuck it. So... In the whole, from all the data I've been looking at for families and very data-driven person, there's one rich person I found on this list. This is, I think, Adibai or Awoshik or something like that. I think that was his name. Payout. Nigerian police force paid half a million, half a billion naira, 500 million naira to that family. Yeah, for the death of that guy. Now, that is the only family. They tried to fight it in court, but that is the only payout 
that I've seen come to some sort of justice. Found a millionaire. And that is going to a rich family. The family is already rich. So they compensated them for the unfortunate death of the family member. The rest of the 73 on that list are not as fortunate. And it's like... So for the rich, it's like... SARS is... SARS is SARS, but... They might bully you a little bit to get money from your ATM. Yeah. But to gun you down, the data shows that it's the people who cannot afford it are the people they are killing. They're killing breadwinners. A young boy that is 27 years old that's feeding his father, his wife, his this. And those are the people they are really killing. So it's like, we can't take this thing as, oh, it might not be killing us, but we need to look at those people as our brothers and say, you know what? I might not be worried about us, but Lagos is not a vacation it is a fucking war zone as of right now yeah so december is about to be around the corner in what three months yeah we'll go there again and go and do dirty december Gun vibes no but no, is no. that what is it is it really a vibes environment yeah i think your, your earlier insights about the dynamic and the environment changing is key yeah. i don't know that anybody's thinking <laughs> at least totally vibes yeah the, obviously nigerians and nigerians are going to want to party but yeah. i think the, the the mood for sure um for sure has changed um I would say it's time for us to wrap up. It is time. Um, thank you so much, yo, for for being out here for really just like breaking down like, like the entire conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's dope. Um, no, no, for for breaking down different angles of the conversation, really appreciated your insight and obviously your action thank over the last couple it. of weeks. It's been inspiring, and uh, we're happy to support it. So the not so lazy youth. Uh, I think that's the that's the thing everywhere, right? Because you said you're conscious on the handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not to lose the youth here. Yeah. Yeah. So check out their Instagram. There's a, there's a donate website as well. Yeah, hardworking guys. You know, and um, they put your uh, money to good use. You know, so go check out the page um on Instagram. Go support donate um dot not so lazy youth dot com. Uh, yeah, and if you have any questions, uh, suggestions, or any ideas that you would like to, you know, basically give us or support this movement, please let us know. Love to hear it. Amazing. Uh, anything you want to say to wrap up? Um, nothing in particular. I would say for everyone who's donated, I want to say a very big thank you. Yeah. Um, one thing is for sure that you guys have received prayers for generations and generations and generations to come. I actually spoke to a dad today who was crying. Wow. Based out of the sheer thing where he's like, he didn't think there was any goodness in Nigeria. I have a message actually on my phone that says, like, I didn't think, like, this is probably the biggest surprise I've ever gotten out of Nigeria. So it's, at the end of the day, we're not in Nigeria, but we're Nigerians. And just to put a small smile on someone's face, it's, trust me, it's 100% worth it. It's it's a sign of being patriotic, even though we're far away. We jackpot. Mm. But it is but we're still, still here. Yeah, we're still here. We're still here. It's all, all we're really saying is we love you. Yeah. And we're thinking of you. Yeah. So, for everyone who's donated, thank you very much. For everyone who's thinking about it, now's the time to get on there. We're about to get to 20 families, so mm-hmm. it's not too late. We have we have a lot to do, so. Yeah. Thank you guys very much for having me. No, that's dope. A conduit of love to the to the homeland. Yeah, I love that. Shout out. I, that was off the top. That's right? a bar, bro. That's a <laughs> that's bar. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah, to yeah. hold on. <laughs> Brandy. That's a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I'm, I'm not forgetting that. I should write that down. Yeah, yeah. I should write that down. All right, but is there anything else you want to add? Nah, man. It's incredible. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Even though we didn't finish our SWAT analysis. Good day, all right. And that's the episode, guys. We hope you enjoyed it or it at least made you think. 
And if it did, you can write to us at two takes and a pod at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yawa. You can follow us at Yawa Magazine on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our website is yawamag.com and we'd love to hear from you. Our music is by Boye and you can find him on Facebook at 1705music. Now, I think it would be a good time to tell you that we'll be taking a hiatus for a little while. And be sure to check out our Instagram and our Twitter to know when we'll be back on for regular scheduled programming. Thank you for listening to us and keep yourself entertained by subscribing on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.